Hey, Pride fam, get ready for a brand new episode of Pride Pride the the Podcast. Podcast. Featuring special guest, actor, writer, and comedian, D-Lo. So grab yourself a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. To another episode of Pride the Podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by our friends at Rehab Entertainment. I am Ashley Mitchell. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. And I'm Daryl Anthony. And we are so excited to bring you a new episode. <laughs> we have guest comedian, stand-up writer, yeah. D-Lo. In the building. In the baby. building. Uh-huh. But before we get to him, because What's... it's gonna be a fun kiki, so y'all get ready for that one. That's uh-huh. gonna be cute. What y'all been up to? Well, well, it's pride. It is it's pride. pride, bitch. Um, <laughs> it is. It's pride, it's bitch. It's good. It's, it's good. our season. It's our season. And speaking of seasons, We've guys, been so please go now on Tubi TV. Go to Amazon. Watch the first two seasons of Pride. Um, it is a labor of love. It's what gave birth to this podcast. Mm-hmm. So go on there and like check it out. Like we'd love for you guys to like give us a little shout out, a little love, leave us a comment. We love all of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, Pride. Rate season. and review. Rate yes. and review. And you better be five. And I will be checking your email to find out who the fuck you are if you don't. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> can I name who didn't give us a five? And I'll name them. I'll name them. Are you Adam? This no, is all no, our podcast. No, no, let's let's. Call but, them out. Yeah, see call the audience. Them call them out. Them out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do all that. Do we have a number? No, but see, <laughs> I actually want to do it other times. Well, who's it? No. <laughs> it rhymes with riffany. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. I mean, it's better than someone who ain't watched it. T. Mm. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, it's, it's been good. You know, <laughs> I will say this. For me... It is a very scary time because I think about all of the, you know, protections and LGBTQ people who don't feel safe and and people who don't feel like they belong at their homes, like young teenagers. Um, I think about, you know, obviously Uvalde has been on my mind a lot lately and it just continues to, like, really affect, like, those kids who may have been, you know, their sexual... They, they never got a chance to explore who they were and mm-hmm. what they were. And, yeah. I, and that's just been on my mind a lot lately. And seeing all of the the conversations that are going on with the, with Congress about the guns, what Matthew McConaughey has spoke yeah. out about. Yeah. Um, like how gruesome and gr- like graphic. Graphic. And, and I think that that's what people need to hear. Yes. To be honest with you, I know we don't want to hear it and we don't want to talk about it, but people need to hear what condition the bodies of those children were. And one of the uh, sons of um, one of the victims of the Buffalo shooting at Tops, he actually also made a, a speech and he was just like, are y'all going to do anything? Like, no. for real. Like, and I, and I think that there needs to be more moments of... Because, like, you can go through all day, you know, they used to say, they said at uh, Sandy Hook that they were crisis actors. They said at um, Parkland that they were crisis actors. You know, that's the, the right, that's what they go to. Um, but I think it's interesting when they had uh, one of the survivors um, of Uvalde, she went and she made a speech in front of Congress and mm-hmm. she said, listen, I had to take my friend's blood and smear it all over myself to pretend to be dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's just very horrible. And they asked yeah. her, like, do you think this will happen again? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, did you see the, um, the, it was like a couple, 
it was like two, a boy and a girl, and they like were texting "I love you" to each other, Aww. and now their parents agreed to have them buried next to each other. Oh man! Oh, that was in the Uvalde shooting. Mm-hmm. It was like a little couple, a little ten-year-old couple. They were just they're you know figuring shit out, yeah. but they would tell each other "I love you," and their parents were like, "What you know about love?" And, and they died together. That's all they will know. Yeah. And there was another sh- wow. uh, uh, shooting in Maryland. Yeah. Just recently. Yeah, I mean, well, it's there's just a, there's uh, a shooting about every other day. about yeah every other day now. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm at this point just like, well, when is it gonna happen on my train? Yeah, it's kind of like at some point. I mean, gosh, knock on wood, but it's like, when is it gonna hit home? It's gonna. It's and I, coming. I, I I fear that day. I. I hope it never comes, but it just happens so frequently. I just feel like eventually it's gonna hit home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, I mean, no one wants it to. No one wants it to Mm-mm. get to this point where we have a loved one. And I was telling Ashley the other day, like I was on the train um, going to brunch, and I was like freaking out. Like I'm in, I'm in this place. Like after last year when I had a lot of people close to me that passed away. I was thinking like, oh, when I go to sleep at night, I'm not going to wake up in the morning. I had to go to therapy about it. And it was a whole little thing. It was a very short couple of therapy sessions, but I went to a few of them. And I was like, oh, I'm good. And now I'm in a place where I think that everywhere I go, I'm going to get shot. So clearly I have something else I need to work on about like thinking things are going to happen to me. And I used mm-hmm. to not be like this. Like I like usually when like people have died or, or things have happened, I'm like, eh, it ain't happened to me. Like I, but like now that I've gotten older and I think it has to do partly because of the life I do live, meaning that I like to go out a lot. I'm traveling. I like to travel when I can. I like to be places where those things could happen. So I think that that's why it's more in my head now. That like, Darrell, this could possibly happen. I like to go yeah. to yes, y'all absolutely. Know, y'all I like to go to concerts. Yeah, that, that is pride. Rich. Pride is rolling yeah. right around. Like, yeah. like holes. Like you know. Yeah. I think that's what's scary now. Is like we see ourselves in these victims. You yeah. know, It's like yeah. I could have easily been Breonna Taylor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Yeah. A young black woman, like, you know, that could have been me. So that's why it, as we get older, it hits more home. And it's like, oh my God, like, this could have happened to me or someone that I love. It's just wild. It's wild, Pop. Mm -hmm. Well. Anyway. Anything happy? (laughs) Well, yeah. Listen, Pride Month is a very happy month. I mean, my favorite thing about it is that people are starting to discover, like, how Pride came to be, how black trans people really started to movement a riot, actually, um, at Stonewall. And people died at Stonewall. Nobody died at Stonewall. <laughs> nobody died? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> drag race drag, drag, Just to be clear, Ashley knows the history of yeah. Stonewall people, so I don't want you in our tweets or our DMs talking about, yeah, I don't even know your history. Yeah, Ashley knows the history right. very well. We just did a whole skit for you, and you're welcome. Um, but, I mean, it's a joyous time, and listen, this is a time where gay men and women, queer people can just really live out loud and be ourselves. We should be able to do it, 365, mm-hmm. like we say. But we are able to, you know, it's like, to, for me, to hook up and meet guys and stuff during that time. I love Pride Month. Mm. I've been very lucky this Pride Month, everyone. I just want you to know. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Happy yeah. Pride. You getting dicked down? I'm getting dicked nah. down. I had some dick, like, like last week. That was really good. Well, I'm still grinning about it. That's great. Oh, me. that's the fool that wanted to take you to dinner? <laughs> take me to dinner. And Dora was like, <laughs> no, I don't want to. I was like, bitch, you got to eat. You take your ass to Red Lobster. Just take your ass to Red Lobster. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do something. But, you know, speaking of which, I mean, so we saw the conclusion of the Amber Heard um, and Johnny... 
bless his balls, because I'm kind of mad at him, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Um, I thought of both of them. They both suck. So they, they both suck. Over but the, but the, child did, suck. the child did reach, you know, an end. Um, I just think that it, it is a testament of how many people are coming after Amber Heard. And I just want to say, listen, I think that they were both, as I said, they both suck. They were both wrong. Mm-hmm. But, but, like, just so everyone knows... Johnny Depp was not cleared of abusing her. That was proven. What happened was, is there's a he was able to get her to stop talking about it, and that's what the suit came in. She actually he ended up having to pay her, I believe it was two million, and then she had to pay him like sixteen million or something because she continued to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So basically, they have both filed against each other to like you can't mention me you can't talk about what happened you can't use that to ruin my yeah, reputation so for all you out there saying Johnny Depp did not no well slander means she lied or libel she, she was she, being sued for libel she, mm. yeah and and for her out there talking about it it's just like I really am nervous about how this is going to affect other victims moving forward of actual domestic abuse mm-hmm. it's, it's just going to make it that much harder yeah and for people to believe you I mean right. straight men I mean, are people okay. already don't believe you yeah right that's a damn shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole damn thing was a whole circus. A three ring circus. A three circuit. ring circus. It was just really embarrassing. And what the fact also that it was on TikTok, it's like it was being streamed. <laughs> yeah, but what just bugged was that it went so long. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we now into like the sixth week of this bullshit? Mm-hmm. Ugh, anyway, come up with they're some... gonna be just fine. Yeah, like I don't they're. I mean, I don't know about Amber. Apparently, she broke, but sorry, but they're cis white people. They're they'll yeah, they'll be, be fine. They'll be just fine. She got daddy money. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of people are. I, I just think that the vitriol and the hate that's coming toward Amber is to me very confusing in a way because it's just like so Johnny Depp gets no blame in this. He had no part of it. He was an innocent party. I mean, he literally admitted on the stand of like doing drugs and drinking and stuff when she was like, that stuff makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that you do it. And so as someone who knows people who do drugs, someone who themselves has done drugs, I know what they can do to you. So like when she was describing Johnny Depp's actions, I was like, oh, of course he was on this or he was doing this. Like, so were you. And so so that's why his actions were what they were. And I'm just like, for the court to completely dismiss that when she was saying certain things just seemed very odd. Um, But didn't she abuse him as well? She did. And and that's what I want to point out. She did abuse him, but looking at the tweets and the messages messages and the things from the majority of people, they're all saying Team Johnny Depp. Yeah, like, yeah because, not- that, because he's had a bigger influence on culture. Like We don't know in- Amber Heard. It's like, like we he's don't in, know her. You know, all the BS aside, like he's an acting like icon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. He yeah. is but like every- he shaped a lot of kids. But like you know what? Movies. So did Kevin yeah, Spacey, whatever. but what he did was wrong too. So yeah. it's just like so did Bill Cosby, what he did was wrong. Oh, of course. So, so did, and so that, yeah, no one's negating that. No, yeah, so, we're just saying that like with all those people, you always have the people that will support them till, till the end, the end no till matter the end. what. Yeah, yeah. And all the people still defending Bill Cosby. And and people, mm-hmm. I mean, that's how we ended up with you know who in the White House because exactly. people exactly. But that but that's my concern of like when are we going to get to a point where we as society don't put these celebrities so much on a pedestal where we say, you know what? They could walk down the street, as you know who said, shoot someone, 
and keep going and we're going to be okay with it. Like, at what point as we are society going to get smarter and say, like, we can't choose... Like, Matthew McConaughey, for example, we brought him up earlier. People love Matthew McConaughey. They were like, oh, my God, we love mm-hmm. him. He's from Texas. All right, all right, all right. But now, every single person in Texas is coming against him because they're saying, how dare he get up and talk about guns? And then they, they made a collage of him and how many times he's used guns in a movie. So, first of all, now you can't separate reality from, <laughs> like... Separate film. the artist like, from the art. Like, now you yeah. can't do it. And also... Matthew McConaughey people was born and raised in Uvalde, Texas. So he has family and he has friends there. So for you to say that he shouldn't have no parts or sayings in Texas, and he's also, from my knowledge, lived in Texas and has been teaching at UT, Austin. So like doing like an adjunct uh, type of position. So mm-hmm. I don't really know mm-hmm. why now, because I, if Matthew would have got up and said guns are okay, yeah. it would have been different. Of course. Yeah, 100. And, it, and that, that to me is wild. He, he, because he's not spouting. They're like right-sided vitriol. <laughs> they're gonna have. A, they're gonna take offense to it, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Well, how dare this elite celebrity like come in and tell us what's what?" Right. Because he has protected services and he has a security guard. He don't know. He will never know. And it's like, and, who gives a fuck? But if he yeah, does? but that's why I have such well, a big issue about the Amber thing because I feel like. While she was wrong, it is a bunch of men speaking out attacking a woman. And they're attacking a woman. I mean, women are abused at higher rates than men. That's just the truth. I mean, men are abused as well. I'm not taking away from that. I know that. I get it 100%. But now people are using this moment to just negate what she went through as well. And what a lot of other women went through. And and that's why it's it's bullshit. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Johnny Depp's. Yeah, until he can make a movie this night, Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't want to hear it. Like, I, I hear that. I like Johnny Depp. Cool. But, like, he can be an asshole. Just like Bill Cosby can be an asshole. Like, that, I, I don't understand. Bill Cosby is the devil. He is the devil. But so is Elvis. Mm-hmm. But we also got a movie now, you know, clapping for him. You know, we... I mean, we, support- we like to celebrate and, like, Evil. support just, like, mediocre... Um... I can't think of the word, but just like mediocre white men. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's not just white men. Problematic. There we go. Mediocre, problematic white men. Well, yeah. med- for some I'm, reason, they just live above yeah. it all. Well, I'm going to just take it to say mediocre men in general. Yeah. Because Bill Cosby isn't white. You know, Will Smith, Chris Rock, all that that went on. I cannot, Kelly. And I can't wait to talk to D'Lo later about how they feel about Will Smith and Bill Cosby. Um, and also um, Chris Rock, because all of that mm-hmm. in comedy, Dave Chappelle, like, there are mm, more people yeah. that are problematic than just white men in this case. Yes, white men are very problematic. Mm-hmm. and But there's something going on. Our friend of the pod says, Shantique, straight men aren't okay. Yeah. There's something she happening. Said they're not okay. There, there's something happening with men feeling as though they are being ripped away their masculinity, that they're coming across very toxic and it's getting very bad. And that's it, why I fear this Amber situation. Yeah. yeah. Now it, it's because like, you know, as the society progresses and as social media where like you have your phone and knowledge is in the palm of your hand. Like mm-hmm, you can yeah. look up stuff, you can look up testimonies and it's just like People are now, women are now realizing, like, we don't have to be quiet. We don't have to assimilate. We don't have to accommodate. And we are tired of the BS, you know? Yeah. Like, it's time that that people speak up. That was, like, the whole Me Too moment. 
movement. And so that is why men are feeling like they're under attack because we no longer want to take the bullshit. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, no, no. We took that. It was always wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but we took it because that's how society said it's supposed to be. Just like grab by the pussy. Like, oh, that's locker room talk. That's how boys talk. And it's like, that is not okay. Right. It's not okay. And Just we're tired saying- of it. But I do just think, setting terrible and like dangerous precedents. Yeah. For a lot of stuff. But I do think we have to also lay blame to there is a specific group of women. Most of them seem to be white, um, who okay that kind of behavior, and they mm-hmm. have also defended those men against that behavior. Mm-hmm. And then you have your Stacey Dashes and your Candace Owens who mm-hmm. also defended that. So I just want to be clear that like that's what. That, that's what also bothers me. It's like they kind of come in as well and say like, yeah. no, it's okay. Men can... I will never forget asking this girl back home what would she do if someone told her daughter that they wanted to grab her by the pussy and her response was, I would say that's how boys talk and she needs to just deal with it. And I'm like, but why should she? Why yeah. is that okay? Why, why should she have to go through that and that's why we've been to clubs actually I've been to clubs before where guys will try to grab you and you're like what is going like and they look so confused when you're like no because in their mind you're here you're drinking if you're in a club aren't you trying to hook up aren't you trying to be with a guy you know what maybe I'm here to just shake my ass maybe I'm (laughs) here to stand here with my friend maybe I'm just here to celebrate a birthday yeah (laughs) maybe I'm here to just drink these drink tickets so we (laughs) so we can really uh, uh, turn up and you know what before we go I just want to say like to everyone out there please remember if you are feeling threatened and if you are feeling like someone is making you uncomfortable please reach out we want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and you're being safe and then while you get your drinks and refill I'm going to go get tickets to Delo's show because (laughs) I know that we're about to have some comedy coming up so fill your drinks and we'll be right back Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome back. And we're back. We're, we're back. I am so excited. So our next guest is an award-winning performer, storyteller, and comedian. Coming to us now, we have D-Lo. Hey. Welcome to Pride the Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with y'all. I love the queers. Did you say what's going on? Yeah. What's up, Doc? <laughs> What's what's going on is that I am here in the theater in some room. Like everything is like COVID safe and everything like that. So this is the only place in the building that I could like be alone and not have my mask on and do a podcast with you fabulous peoples. And then um, it, it's only been like my second day in the rehearsal room because everything has been like Zoom. And but I'm so excited to talk about my show, talk about me, and share all the lovely things that I'm up to right now. So yeah, yeah absolutely. You're rehearsing. You're at yeah. in rehearsals right now. What are you rehearsing? And I'm in rehearsal with my knee pads. Oh, oh yes. I can think of a few things to do. What are you doing on your knees? <laughs> you whore. <laughs> um. So I'm rehearsing my show called To Tea or Not To Tea which is basically about my decision to take testosterone, which is, it's a comedic journey. Um, I, you know, there's like deep points in there, of course. Uh, but, but it's, I, this is the first time. So I have desired since I was little to do any show of mine. I've been doing this for fucking ever um, at the Kirk Douglas theater, which is a pretty well-known theater in Los Angeles. And, I think I might be the first trans per, trans playwright who's getting their 
work put up. I, I, I don't know. I know for sure that I am the first trans mask person. But um, yes. And, um, and, and it's a big fucking deal because I've been wanting to do this since, like I've been wanting to do that house since I was like little. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, it's a dream of mine. It's on my bucket list. Um, and so it's happening this year and I'm so grateful. And, I, and of course, I would have loved for it to not be during COVID times and shit is surging and things are getting out of control. But I'm just so excited and my team is dope. You know, and the best part is like, you know, you know Dixon Place in, in, the, in the Lower East Side? Yes, down, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. We spent a couple of weekends in Lois. <laughs> <laughs> We've been in Lois. <laughs> <laughs> we might have spent a little tail feather. Yes, no, yeah. we've been there. <laughs> so I usually workshop my pieces there before taking it back to LA um, yeah. in theater at the LGBT Center. And so, um, you know, with each iteration, of, with each thing that I do, there's more and more support, right? This is the first time it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I should I should get this thing, and then somebody on the team was like, "Oh no, we'll get it for you," and you're just like, "Oh shit, I made it to Fancyland! <laughs> I made it to Fancyland! It's just dope. There's so much support in in this production, and I feel really blessed." That's amazing. Awesome. So you are obviously going to be kicking off at the Kirk Douglas Theater in Los Angeles, um, opening on June 25th. So you said that the COVID protocols are coming back in place. How do you think that's going to affect? the upcoming LA Pride, uh, WeHo Pride, all of that that's coming on, because we were thinking this is the first Pride back where everyone's, the restrictions are gonna be lifted a little bit. Do you think that's gonna have any effect as well as we're seeing it through you and your rehearsals? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was gonna say, I feel like people are so over it. Everyone's over it. It's just like, <laughs> everyone's tired. Everybody's over it. Everybody's like, fuck it. If if there's one place to get COVID, it's going to be at Pride. <laughs> it's like, feed yeah. me COVID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> COVID and the monkeypox, I want to be at Pride. I cannot with the monkeypox. I saw the monkeypox. I was like, you mean the cousin of the chickenpox? No, like, I don't absolutely want it. not. Absolutely not. I can't. I don't need it. I don't need it. Well, that's good. I hope that everything works out because I don't want any shows or anything canceled. I'm sick of it. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the the thing is with this theater. I mean, up until up to now, people have to wear their masks. So you know, nobody's gonna get monkeypox in the theater either. So I think it's just gonna be because you have to be fucking to get it, right? Yeah, I think so. Well, I'm, not, I'm not getting no. it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not getting it. So I'm, I'm safe. safe. <laughs> That's the vaccine. <laughs> the vaccine is close your legs. So, wait, Tila, so tell our listeners a little bit more about what your show is and how it comes out. So, um, this show is like second in a trilogy. And the first show was about, um, it was about like, how do we get ushered through to queer adulthood when queer people haven't been offered rites of passages, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, so it's really about like my story as a young person and, and trying to figure out like, what is right for me? What does my queerness look like? Right. And then this, this show was, was, you know, it's about my decision to take tea, but it's really about what does beautiful masculinity look like in a toxic masculine world. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that is, the, the overarching journey. And the, while the first one followed the story about me and my mother, this one follows the story of me and my father. And, um, and, and the third one is, is, about with, is a story with my sister who is no longer on this planet, but it's me talking to her pre her death and then post her death. And, and, all, and that show is more about like, how do queer people um, 
serve, not, uh, how do queer people sustain? How do we continue uh, on this journey for healing? Now, I know that these are like real deep, like type of things, but like the shit's fun and dumb and it's, it's, it's wonderful. But then there's like the real shit that we all, you know, really want to talk about, but sometimes queer spaces don't really even allow us to, right? Or, or like, or like cis people or, or straight folks or, or whatever, like white folks don't get insight into like what it could be like for people who aren't like them, right? So, um, so, so the best way that I know how to get people to like listen is through comedy. Do you turn your heartache and your trauma I feel like that's where most humor and comedy comes mm-hmm. from. You've made yeah. the a place of darkness. Oh, the mess, the message. You made the mess, the message. I love yes. it. Wow. Yeah. It's like Carol Burnett talks about it like comedy is tragedy plus time. And then when you think about it, really, like, you're, like y'all are like a crew. Like the thing is, we survive, like queer people have survived through community, through chosen fam, right? Yeah. Like, and that's also where we get to like sit there and like laugh at some bullshit that the world throws at us. Because otherwise we're just sitting by ourselves, isolated and like just getting hit and bombarded with shit. But the minute we kick it with our homies, it's like, oh, not only, not only is like a reflection back to us like, oh yeah, this shit is whack, but it's also like, and this is how whack it is. And then that's why we're the funniest motherfuckers. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I we've been through some shit. We've right. been through some shit, and everything. Like, I feel like everything that happens, and especially a queer person's life, we're like, "What is this? Like, this is so stupid. <laughs> this only happens to us." Um, so, one thing I wanted to ask you. Obviously, it's a very um, hot topic. So, Dave Chappelle and his comments regarding transgender in his comedy. Um, you know the comedian family has felt very under attack lately, especially after the Oscar incident with Will Smith and Chris Rock. What are your thoughts on that? And what are your thoughts on Dave Chappelle and his humor when it comes to the transgender community? So um, I was, I'm I'm like, I was like a big ass fan over Dave Chappelle, right? Like I was, I was like, I loved his work because it was so daring and it was like, irreverent and you know stylistically in the same vein as like some of the best of the past like the Richard Pryor, George Carlin, like all of these folks, right? And then I feel like um see I can't talk about the actual material because I I decided I made a choice not to see it. Okay. But but with my love of Dave Chappelle, I was like, oh this is this is disheartening to hear. But there was a moment in between that I went to go and see a set of his. Mm-hmm. Actually, he came by, I think it was like the Comedy Store or Laugh Factory, I can't remember. But I was doing a show and then I got done and then I saw that he had taken over the room. And um, a lot of comics don't like that he does that because it bumps them all off the show, right? Like he'll come in and he'll do like hour after hour after hour. And none of it is like really set up punchline. He's just working shit out, right? And I mean, when you're a big name, you could do things like that. But then I just thought about it and I was like, you know, the style of comedy that I appreciate is where we're punching up at the at the oppressors, at the people who are creating havoc in our lives, who have the power and authority to do that, right? And it feels like from watching that set, and again, like I have friends who open for him. I have, do you get what I'm saying? Like people who love his ass. But sometimes I'm like, is there is there a vibe that somebody has that feels like they can't be told something? 
Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. That they can't be engaged in a real way about something. That they're just going to keep taking, taking shots or taking hits. Again, I didn't listen to the material, right? right? But what I gathered from the time that I had seen him after so long, mm-hmm. and I saw him do these, this like, he was going on for hours, but I probably stayed in for about an hour. It just felt like he was so removed from the place that he originated from. Do you get what I'm saying? And like mentally. And like when I, like I grew up on hip hop, right? And I love certain MCs like who are also problematic in certain degrees or whatever. But, but as like, there's something about um, hip hop that I feel like when you're rooted in something, it's very rare to see like top MCs leaving their mentality behind like they've grown they've they've expanded as human beings but there's still this like reverence for the underdog yeah. you know what i'm saying and i feel like that that felt missing now i don't know him personally but that's what i'm saying that was my perception you feel me you could be wrong but it felt like he was he's not aligned with the underdog the same way that the dave Chappelle who i grew up with was you know what i'm saying yeah. and uh, and so Ricky Gervais is under attack right now, or under fire for his new stand-up that just premiered on Netflix because it had it, you know, he discusses trans and makes jokes. And of course, you know, it's just, what do you think in their mind is like, oh, is this just an easy target, an easy punchline? So I'm just going to incorporate it into my set. Like, I don't understand why they feel the need to just Continue to harp on this. Yeah, it it is kind of strange, just like with J.K. Rowling and stuff. It's like, what is the fixation? Yeah, on why are you so obsessed? Yeah, and I felt had the same thoughts about Dave Chappelle. I feel like he doesn't feel like he has to learn anything anymore, which is just Mm. kind of strange as a human being. Like he's he's middle aged. It's not like I mean nobody should feel that way, but it's not even like he's like this old wise man it's just like you, your journey is not done yeah, yeah. <laughs> now morgan freeman right right and he got stuff to learn too but you Absolutely. know what i'm saying it's just like <laughs> <Show him>. <laughs> <laughs> right dave Chappelle feels like he doesn't have to learn anything and i feel like that's a problem with him but also a problem with the black community a lot of times it is. i mean because we're victimized so much we feel like we can't be like you know totally. oppressing other people but it's like you can yeah you and can. i mean i think it's also there is a big, the, the, a friend of ours the other day were talking about it. Straight men aren't okay. And <laughs> there is something right now where straight men, not just straight white men, also straight black men, straight Spanish men, they, they, mm-hmm. you know, they feel that they are being shut out. And their way of doing that is to counteract that with homophobia, sexism. Well, Marjorie Taylor Green thinks they're all going extinct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, do, and then do you have people like Which that? I hope they do. <laughs> yeah, right. You have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and, and Lauren Boebert who think that, you know, y'all are getting rid of men um, who are masculine. This this one guy, I don't know if you're familiar with Christian Walker, uh, who's Herschel Walker's son on social media. He was talking, he was just like, it's okay to go outside and be sweaty and stinky and be a man. And it's like, so that's what constitutes as a man. So it's just interesting that that's what they feel is being extinct. And if that's what's being extinct, then I don't want you to stink. So that's, that's, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's fine. Um, you know, Stupid. if you decide to use that in your set, call me. Because <laughs> I think that was pretty good. Um, so, 
They, they, you need to take that to the stage. <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. I was auditioning for you. Actually. I was actually auditioning for you. Validation. Thank you so much. Um, so, you know, the second part of the question was Chris Rock and Will Smith. How do you feel about that situation and that it was done on a public stage? Yeah. Well, I'm going to hit the Chris Rock and Will Smith thing. But I feel like trans people have been made fun of and and that's the whole reason why trans people fight so fucking hard and it's like then you fight some more as queer and not even trans like queer and non-binary folks gender non-conforming folks and then you still get shattered upon you know what i'm saying so like i think that to adam's question like why is this why is this happening why is we the easy targets i i do feel like it is a straight thing uh like straight worrying about their uh endangered species <laughs> but i also think that in this world where we are slowly um on social media like calling people in to have conversations that feel it feels like policing of of straight people straight cis men do you get what i'm saying it feels like the, and this is the first time like this is the first time in in history that straight cis men cannot technically get away with shit just just so easily do you get what i'm saying so um, i'm not saying that they don't get away with shit but there will be some some buzz at least if not the twitterverse blowing up about it right and to will smith and um and 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 chris rock like i i if i was actually hosting the viewing party for the oscars at the academy of motion pictures oh, wow. and and my set came like i was a split set but my my second set came right after that infamous slap right and i just sat there and i was like why like wh- what what why did this happen do you get what i'm saying and how like do i get afraid for people like walling out and doing all of this shit to comedians absolutely and on the same token this is also the world that we live in like we got motherfuckers beating up flight attendants do you hear what i'm saying like mm-hmm. like if if me as a comic is going to say something that might be offensive and get like i don't know like somebody throws some shit at me or whatever um like i i kind of know like i think that as a queer comics especially i'm not going to go to places that i'm not going to i i try not to go gigging in places where i feel like my life is going to be threatened or that's going to get thrown at me you know what i'm saying but if i choose to do that there's like there's a greater chance of a volatile audience member than there is in an alt room or like in Brooklyn. Do you get what I'm saying? Like like you're just it's going to be a different vibe altogether. Do I feel like uh it was it was like unnecessary and it was toxic masculinity? Absolutely. Do I feel like um the people who get burned the hardest are going to be people of color in general? Yes. that too. Do you get what I'm saying? So like it's both. It's both because like the implications are not just about it wasn't like like if a white guy went up to another white guy and slapped them like everybody would be like it would be a different feel of a it would be like um this was ridiculous but there was this gravity there was this weight to the fact that it was Will Smith to Chris Rock. You get what I'm saying? Just because of who they are in the community. Yeah. Yeah. It 
it was it was definitely a big weight and it, it definitely felt like they stayed on it for so much and you know we've seen these other celebrities um obviously it wasn't on a big stage but ezra miller was going out and choking and beating up people every week everybody in hawaii <laughs> ezra miller if you're listening please leave hawaii um for that reason because you got to stop beating up people yeah. but I, I feel like they they put so much weight on the Will Smith and Chris Rock, and I think that it, it, it's it's sad because I mean it turned into something else, and it became where a lot of people who I personally don't think should have been speaking on it had a voice and had an opinion on it, and it was a very interesting month, honestly, because it went on for like a month, like it, yeah. was, it was wild. Yeah, yeah, I know. Even for me, I was like, I can't say shit because uh, the, for for so many reasons, but also it's like this this moment that could have been like a private sort of thing. Hyper public and everybody has an opinion now and, and, and everybody wants to claim like, this is what I also felt was a little bit problematic. Everybody like, or when I say white, these white peoples want to claim Will Smith. And they were losing their goddamn minds because they were like, oh, he was the safe black person. So then, so then it's like all this other bullshit. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, no, like, shut up. Everybody just shut up, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, done. Like, I had to say something like right afterwards. And then I was like, I was done. Everybody was asking me on different, different like podcasts and interviews. And I was like, look, <laughs> I don't have anything to add that hasn't been already said. Right. Yeah, it's, it was tough. And, you know, you had Amy Schumer. What I will appreciate, Regina Hall kept her opinion. And she didn't say that. She was also a host. And, you know, Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes were, they went on a whole press tour. Right. It was really, really interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting time. But it brought up a lot of interesting conversations. And yeah. I think important ones that are being discussed and about, you know, Black women and, like, their journey and stuff like that. Because that was one thing that really bothered me is that people were coming down on Jada and saying that she's toxic. And I mean, I don't know what goes on in their household. And I mean, but I feel like that was a weird dynamic to blame Jada for what Will did. Like he's his own yeah. person. Like <laughs> she didn't make him do anything. To me, Jada can't do no wrong because I had biggest fucking crush on Jada. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but not only that, Jada could get this, but <laughs> I always think that like I'm I'm always like y'all like the, the other part of it was too like Jada and with August right like everybody wanted to be like oh she stepped out and poor Will and all of this bullshit and I'm like they everybody knows that these two have been doing some shit like this from the jump yeah. and this is the first time that they've gotten like caught or whatever right, right? right. and it, and and I'm like and I'm like Jada Jada has her oh a whole ass talk show that breaks apart all of her shit. <laughs> so, what the fuck? Like, what do you want from this person? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's, it's been interesting. I, I love their marriage. I want to be in their marriage as well. So I want to see what Will, I want to see what Will is doing. And Jaden, if you're listening, call me. But go on. Wow. <laughs> what about Willow? Don't her I won't. I whip my hair back and forth too. But what y'all got? <laughs> I'm, about you. No, I'm, I'm auditioning to be the opening act for. <laughs> Wait, so after Kirk Douglas Theater, do you have plans to like go on tour or anything? Um, not with this show because it's a theater show, so it's like more. It it doesn't tour easily, right? Okay. Uh, but I mean, I I 
I would love to, um, oh man, I wonder if there, there's not a stripped down version of this one, to be honest. But after this show, I'm actually trying to use this show to leverage more from this show. So like, it would be great to eventually go to Broadway or, or be amazing to take it to, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm open to all the things. I do want to tape this because I feel like now people have finally opened their eyes to understanding that like solo, sh like uh, a special doesn't necessarily need to be like stand up, clean, like clean stand up. It's not clean, but you know what I'm saying? Like just stand up. It could be a hybrid of, a, of different things. And that's my style anyway. So I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to get this tape. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So would you release that, you know, under a, a, like a paywall or is it going to be something like YouTube or? You know, that part, <laughs> that's what I want. I want a Netflix or an HBO special. Right now, um, there's somebody who's interested in possibly licensing it and putting it on their platform for a little bit, but then possibly no, like knowing that I want to get to a bigger platform. Right. Uh, so these are just conversations right now. And, well, you've already made it to private podcast. So congratulations. <laughs> what did what, what happened? I said you already made it to private podcast. So congratulations. <laughs> you are well on your way. Come true. Dreams come true. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so that's why, we, so, that's why we keep right around. So as you know, this is Pride Month. Do you have any like plans? Do you have any gigs lined up for Pride Week or you know anything for LA Pride? I have a bunch of different things coming up for Pride, but because it also happens to be the month that I am like in rehearsal day in, day out, day in, day out, um, I had to like curb it a little bit. But um, I'm, uh, some of the things that I'm excited about are, are uh, a queer prom, um, yeah. Sunday Jump Off, which is happening this Sunday at, in um, with this dope community-based organization and, and like queer folks and it's just gonna be fucking dope and then um and then what else what else what else so okay i gotta be honest i'm older now and um pride kind of scares the shit out of me this was pre-covid okay uh, and pre-monkeypox <laughs> it was always because i'm a shorty i'm five four and it would always be that like i'd be stuck in between like all these amazingly gorgeous uh, gay men who uh, had no clothes on and then just if you quickly turn your head you'll end up just getting like hit with sweat and glitter and then suddenly you know what I mean? like I'm a little bit a little bit of a germaphobe and so I didn't want to be tasting sweat all the time and um, I feel that and the funk you know the funk the funk of the queers like this is why they say you can instead of gaydar it's like a a smell dar. Um, I have a smell dar. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, uh, like, what is the smell dar? I have what 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 is it that you're smelling? Like um describe oh. it. Yeah, like there's it's a spectrum. Like on one side of the spectrum, it could be like, you know, um the smell of what you would think a unicorn's um shit would be with it was laced with pixie stick dust okay and on the other side it's just open ass you know what i'm saying it's, <laughs> like not even like somebody took a shit ass but just like an open right 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 right, right. 
Yeah. No, but I open it. But I know those. But I know that smell very well. Yeah. I Darrell has a nose like a blood. I don't. I don't like it. Like the fact that people and like, an open ass. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I have an open ass. Thank Loose you so much. It, it, hey, listen. It's delicious. So I heard. But, so you heard. So I heard. That's what somebody told me. No, nobody. Nobody. Somebody told me. I got a text message. But anyway, so no, I hear that. And I, I, have with, right. I have a problem with right. I have a problem when people go out and they choose to be musty for pride. I don't understand it. Well, y'all got this party over there that I just fucking heard about, okay? Like, so I had, you know, Billy Eichner's movie. Uh, yeah, well, we're, we're going to talk about, yeah. So I, I, w- I was mostly cut out of it. I have, like, one line. But we don't need, don't worry about that. I'm, a, I, I'm happy that I was a part of this project. But, but let me just tell you. So, um, so <laughs> I was talking with Justin and Becca, who are both in Brooklyn, I believe. And and Justin's a comic out there in 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 New York, and and I came in there and I there's two because we did a pr- promotional shoot like months later after, so the clothes that I was wearing hadn't been washed from the last time that we was on set, and I remember that day I sweated profusely and like the because it was like a suit I was cramped and everything and we were cold so it was like stress sweat in there and I was like oh my god my shit stank and uh I I like to smell nice so um that's lovely I went up to Becca and Justin and I was like yo partner's like my shit reeks and they both came in and they were like let me smell the nose and they're like oh no baby you smell like an angel okay now I'm sitting there smelling my funk and I'm like, y'all, y'all, the people who y'all fucking and like what y'all doing, I don't even know. And then they told me about this party in your land, okay, called, uh, I want to call it, I want to say that it's called Ripe or some shit. Isn't that nowhere or Ripe? nowhere bar. Uh, Adam knows all the Yeah, like basically what the fuck happens is that the promoters are like, oh yeah, like get ready for our next party. It's in two weeks and I've already stopped showering type of shit. Oh no, baby. Uh-uh. Yeah. Apparently like after, apparently after they do it, they have to like fumigate basically the bar because it's so stinky. They put on like those flea bombs. That you used to do, you just, <laughs> like, I just don't listen. Out of it, <laughs> yeah. I get everyone's kinks. Do your own. I. That's not a kink. That's a stink. <laughs> it is, but some people are into it, and I, I hear that. I just, it's not. You're for just you. not into it. I can't. It's not for it. you. I can't do it. Different yeah. strokes for different folks. I, I guess. Out of as you can see, <laughs> I'm just not going to kink shame anyone. Mm-hmm. If that's someone what they want to get into, that's what they get into. No, I totally ain't affecting me because I'm not do. I'm not going to write. All right, yeah, right. <laughs> so it don't affect me. Yeah, that's true. Right is not going to write. I yuck somebody's yum. You know what I'm saying? Let's right. let's yum it, but from afar. Right. Let's like, toot it, but you know. Okay. Stay over there. Like, go, girl. Stay over there. Go, girl. Stay right. Like, stay right. Pause my mask on. Right. Um, my mask on. So, Dilo, this has been such an amazing time talking with you. Uh, we're so excited. We want everyone to know they can go get tickets to your show at centertheatergroup.org. It is starting on June 25th and it is running to August 28th. So we're yeah. super excited. August 28th, July 10th. So it opens June 25th and then it closes July 10th. But it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then Perfect. So we have to get there. We have to get there. Yes. Yeah, we, want to. Want to. we want to go to LA so bad. That's the whole thing. We'll have to talk to you off camera. It's, yeah. it's so stupid. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so stupid. But anyway, tell, thank you. So, oh, God, I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Tell the tell our fans and our listenership where they can find you on the social medias. Yes, everything, everything is under D Loco Kid. It's D L O C O K I D. D Loco Kid. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That sounds like a drink. Can I get a D Loco Kid? kid? <laughs> I, am a, I am a tall glass. <laughs> you are a what? I was like, what am I a tall glass of? I'm five four, but uh, I am a I am a cup of I, I'm a I'm a snack. How about that? I'll just say whole snack. I love it. I love, I love that. I'm hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, G Lo. This thank has been you, so G-Lo. much fun. Thanks amazing. for making us laugh. I told you we wanted this and you made us laugh and we appreciate it. <laughs> and we're back. Dealer was hey, so hey, hey. cool. Yeah, cool I, as fuck. I need him to come. Yeah, we should hook him up with Lindsay at the uh, to do the with Carl Carl Center. Center. Oh, yeah. I was like, you said to do what? Yeah, I mean, I do. Lindsay got a man. Lindsay got a man. But who knows? I don't know. Maybe I'm the clown. Maybe. Maybe. We, Dilo, yeah. if you hear that, we got you. We are gonna hook you up with our friend Lindsay. We'll yeah, show you. that would be good. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> That was good. Um, yeah, it was great to laugh. For me, it was really good to laugh. I was so excited. I remember telling the deal, I was like, listen, coming on here, I want to laugh because it had just been a whole day of, like, you know, with all the sadness and stuff that we talked about that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And Word. we need more people like D-Lo. And so that's why comedy shouldn't be dead. Comedy definitely should be uh, rendered a little bit. It should be taken into account. You know, we were talking about uh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and all of those people who seem like they have to do that they have to like punch people when they're already down like people who are already oppressed yeah like it's like why are y'all so obsessed with me yeah um (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's very interesting um as we move into some more positive news something that's really good uh congratulations to rebel wilson she did come out um she does have a girlfriend so super welcome to the family we're so happy to see that and have you here and i loved her post because she was like this whole time i was looking for a disney prince but i really wanted a disney princess and that's um that's it. So oh yeah, that's she lost all that way, got her a woman. Got yeah, but to be to but to be fair, which we're about to go into, you do not need to lose weight to date and be with somebody. You hear that, Degrassi? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you hear that, Degrassi? Let's talk about it. Let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, so <laughs> we've been rewatching Degrassi on HBO Max. It's so nostalgic. Shout so out Mark nostalgic. Donato. Yeah, so so nostalgic. Just makes me remember junior high like it was yesterday. But what I realized, because they had a whole episode of where, like, Terry was suffering from body dysmorphia, pretty much. Like, she was like, I'm a huge cow. Like, no, I'm not worthy of love. Like, no one's going to ever want to dance with me because they were having a dance. And they're like, girl, what are you talking about? Her friend Ashley. Kerwin. She was like... (laughs) Not this Ashley. Right. She was like, girl, come over. Like, we'll do your makeup. We'll get you all glammed. Like, it's fine. But then that old hating bitch Paige is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paige. If she gone, I'm going to be there because she needs all the support she can get. Mm-hmm. Basically got her lit and shit went haywire. So she can but, take her man. Right, so she can take her man. But anyway, the Spent point her. Is, is that she wasn't even a fat girl. Like she, no, she, she was, was just, just She's thick. And mm-hmm. what really sucks is that that was the same dilemma I dealt with in junior high. Same. And thinking I was so fat because my counterparts were so skinny. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I was actually just an average 
person. Yeah, because when I see pictures mm-hmm. of you from high school, you were like growling. Because before, like, you, when I met you, before I like knew you and you were like my friend, um, you was talking about how, oh my God, I used to be like this in high school and blah, blah, blah. And I look and I see these pictures of Adam in high school and I was like, you're skinny as well. Like, you, you look just like a normal high school student. And yeah. I think what it came is for you, like, you just developed faster in turn. Like, you had a beard. You looked like a grown-ass man. Because you were tall. You have a beard. At 11, I, mean, I was already looking like I was, like, 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suffered from the same thing. Like, I have always been a bigger girl, but I was not fat. <laughs> like, mm. I was just curvy, full-figured, like, I developed early as far as, like, women-bearing hips and all that stuff. And, you know, all my counterparts, all my friends were super skinny. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it was just, like, I felt like a cow. I felt like a whale. Like, oh, I'm so fat. Yeah. And I was not. No. I wasn't. And I'm, older people would tell me, like, girl, you're fine. Like, when you look back, you're gonna be like, oh my god, I wish I was that way. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're old and stupid. But really, they were right, and I was a stupid one. And now we're killing ourselves trying to. I'm as big as a house. Uh, well, you know, weight and and working out is something that every single person, whether you're big or small, they struggle with. Yeah. And you know, I was looking around the gym today. Ashley and I were at the gym today, killing ourselves. Almost threw it, passed out. Yeah. But we were looking around, and I was seeing people. And, and their stress on their face. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't look like I saw many people there being like, I'm enjoying this. Like, everyone there kind of had this, almost like a rat race, because it felt like they were like, yo, we got, this beach season, we got a limited amount of time to, like, mm-hmm. pull it together. And because, up, but, 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 but unfortunately, right, but listen, right unfortunately, though, it, but it is right. It, mm-hmm. It's right for them. Oh, no, and, it, yeah. and I think that, to be clear, the pandemic has literally fucked a lot of people over. And it I did. really don't think that we, as humans, give ourselves, give ourselves enough credit, because we went through, still going through, by the way, a global pandemic mm-hmm. that affected all of us mentally, physically, emotionally like everything we like our whole being has completely changed like we all have changed there's parts of us that completely changed during pandemic Mm -hmm. uh, between all of us and i i do think it's getting better you know because we have more positive like body um examples yeah like Mm -hmm. you know i just actually ordered some of lizzo's yitty collection She, she just did uh shapewear with fabletics and I was like, well, I could use some shapewear. And she's also, uh, her whole thing is like reinventing shapewear. So it's like shapewear that you can also just like wear, not necessarily underneath your clothes, but kind of almost like Kim Kardashian skims, but mm-hmm. better, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, yo, if I, back in the day, if I had images, like people like um, uh, Lizzo or like Ashley Graham or like any of those people like yeah. I would feel so much better about myself but for me and even though she was fabulous the only example that I felt like I really had was like Queen Latifah but she was so much older than me that it's just like I needed someone <laughs> my age to look up to that's like oh you're like me and you're a superstar and you are beautiful and you should be confident and you should wear what you want you shouldn't like live in a fat box where you feel like you like for so long for years i did not wear shorts because i was like i hate my life i remember like you talking about that yeah mm-hmm. i did not wear shorts probably for about I feel like 10 years. <gasps> yeah. I know, Adam, you used to take I would, your shirt I off I would always pool. wear oh, yeah, jeans yeah. or leggings or, like, long dresses. Or at least if I did show my legs, it would be, like, 
just like from the knee down. Yeah. Like, because I was just like, I'm too fat for shorts. One time, I had, <laughs> like, crazy. I had made like the all star like basketball team, mm-hmm. like our summer league, whatever. Well, during re- rehearsal, during practice one day, we went skins of shirts. Somehow I ended up on the skins. <laughs> Complete panic attack. Aww. It was just like, I can't. I'm not going to take. Okay. I can't do that. And mm-hmm. the coach was like, it's fine. You just be on the other team or whatever. But it was just like. But, also but what a gay me. activity, skins and shirts. Because in reality, when I would do that, I'd be like, ooh, I can't wait to be on the shirt so I can see all the boys take out their shirt. Oh, I, I'm not I, saying I didn't like it. Oh, no, 100. Whatever. But you just like, didn't want to be I didn't want to be, because I, in my mind, I was like, I'm large, I'm so fat. Like, people are already making fun of my love handles. Like, they're gonna, my long hands are just going to be flopping around all over the place. <laughs> I'm not flopping. And so, it was terrifying. But, looking in hindsight... I was yeah. looking good at that point. Like, yeah. I was just thick. Yeah. I was a thick bark. Yeah. And I didn't have anyone to, like, nurture that, uh-huh. cater to that. Mm-hmm. That sounds selfish, but whatever. But like, I felt like all the compliments that I got from my friends were You have such forced. a great, funny, you're, you're well, so funny. only, well, I felt like, and here's the thing, what I've come to terms with, and I've had this encounter with a lot of friends, for some reason, a lot of my girlfriends are super skinny or fit, for some reason, but <laughs> um, what I've come to realize is every girl, every girl has a problem with their body. Mm-hmm. I have never, ever in my life met someone who has not had major body issues and is either obsessed with dieting or working out and etc. And so I think for me, having all my skinny girlfriends complain about their bodies, I was just like, I'm very clearly way bigger than you. So like, there's no way that you look at me and think that I'm beautiful because you are way skinnier than me and you don't think you're beautiful. Right. So if I ever got a compliment from somebody, I just always thought it was fake. I was just like, oh, no, you don't. Like, yeah. So I always believed that like, no, you are like the what is that that term? Duff. The duff. Designated no. ugly fat friend. Designated ugly fat friend. Yeah, I thought that too. I always felt that way. Yeah. I didn't know the term until they came out with that movie. Yeah. But I was like, I always felt like the designated ugly fat friend. And and honestly, for me, I in high school and in middle school, like I was a cheerleader, so like I usually had a lot of popular friends. So I really felt like I filled that role. Like, yeah, I'm cool enough to be with the cool people, but right. like, I'm the duff. Like, yeah, girl. everybody's got to have the the designated ugly fat friend. Yeah, that you was know, me too. It's, and it's, it was just so not true, but the, I believe but that. But we thought that yeah. because it was shit like what we saw on TV. Yeah. And what so and media was just selling us. Mm-hmm. There was, yeah, it just sucked. Yeah. I wish I had I, that. Who knows what I have been. You know what's interesting is I think as... Um, adults like obviously we our bodies change and we we look very different i will never forget being at my friend stephanie's wedding and i remember walking down the aisle and i could hear i literally literally i will never forget this to this day i heard these guys they said is that Darrell? you know you done got big boy like i heard i heard someone say that and i i I, 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 (laughs) it was adam I was in the church. That it was but outside, was, you motherfucker. Uh, but I was—I said the same thing about this one girlfriend. I was like, "Damn, she got me. right." But here's—but <laughs> but the thing is, is like, 
people have to understand when you graduate high school and stuff, your body does change. You're you still do, growing. You, you still, you're still you do developing get, you, until you're like 21. You, you still get it. Listen, I am glad I am not 115 pounds like I was in high school. That was unhealthy. Uh, that, I didn't, we didn't peak in high That's crazy still to developing. still be that size. It's even crazy for me to still look how I did in college. Now, can I tone up some things, get some things together? I'm not excusing my bad habits, but what I'm saying is like, people need to cut people a break because like at the end of the day, it's like, look, and then there's some people that like working out, you know, these soap stars and, and, and these action actors, you know, who have these six pack and V's and stuff. They do that to keep a job. They do that to keep a job. That's their job. Their job is part of their job is to look good. to look good, and it's not literally them like. being like. <laughs> part of your job being looking good. It's, it's literally not to that, but to Ashley's point earlier about growing up and having these um, representations, you know, thank God for people like Saucy Santana, Lil Nas X, yeah. even Todrick Hall with his non-pan ass, because those people... <laughs> Those people represent something that I didn't see. Billy Porter, you know, those like Billy made the famous speech. He was like, I was so happy that I could see other little black sisters on TV. And like, it for me, that does mean something. I feel like I was able to pull from him and Titus and them going mm-hmm. to award shows and wearing flashier mm-hmm. jackets. Because if it wasn't for them doing things like that, I would have always still been in penguin suits, yeah. no pun intended, at these award shows. So, from, outfits. yeah, so for mm-hmm. now, I get to, you know, be flashy, I get to be a little bit more. Or, um, effeminate, but you know, something that's been worrying me as of late, you know, as we're talking about safety and we're going into Pride Month and being your authentic self is traveling as LGBTQ. People know the famous mm-hmm. Green Book where it says where black people it gave them a book of places where it was not safe for us that still exists, so you can look that up. Yeah. Um, is that my poppers on Adam's dresser? Mm hmm. We'll get oh. back to we got to we got to figure that out. Um, put a pin in that. We're gonna put a pin in that. I'm sorry, guys. I just looked at Adam's dresser and I saw my rose poppers, but we'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, but they so florally, yeah, clearly. Uh, so <laughs> just two popper bottles. Adam just took from me. You know what? Whatever. Um, so traveling as LGBTQ, we've seen what happened with Brittany Griner uh, recently. Um, I did see a photo of her finally the other day where she's being moved to another detainment center, which is just horrible that because if she was a white, if she was Tom Brady, we would have been them been like, let me get him. If she was LeBron James, we would have been like, oh, no, we can't have that. But because it's a black queer woman, we're like, eh, whatever. And we're leaving her in a place that is so harsh against LGBTQ rights. So traveling as LGBTQ, how do you guys feel? feel about that. Adam, I'm going to go to you first to kind of get your, like, are, have you been nervous, especially with you being in a relationship, have you been nervous to travel to places to be affectionate and show PDA being in a relationship? Um, not as of yet. I know Enola kind of has like a slight pause because we're in the South. You know? mm-hmm. But we didn't hear shit, you know. Mm-hmm. No one gave us any any grief. But, but are you working down the street holding hands? Or you... right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, like, holding hands and, like, canoodling on, like, the streetcars and, you know, just, you know, doing gay shit. Mm. But I, I'm not, yeah, when we I first was like, hmm, what's this going to be like? How do you feel like... about the fact that there's an opportunity that we might have to I... go back into the closet? Mm-hmm. to be safe, to 
to when you travel places. Our friend Ayo, who you guys know, you hear on the podcast every now and then, she's going to be traveling for her birthday, and we were talking about the location that she's traveling to, and it isn't really safe for gays, and, you know, I've been having a conundrum of, like, if I'm going to go or not. Um, another one of her friends who is gay, they're going to go, you know, they've read the reviews of the places. Um, so do you feel like... As a gay man, a man who is in a relationship, do you feel like you're going to have to go back into the closet? Also, I know, like, your man and his culture, do y'all feel like you're going to have to regress if you go to certain places? I mean... And are you okay with that? There's, it's all, you know, I feel like just even when I first realized I was gay, I immediately knew I had to learn how to code switch. Mm. Mm. So it's like... To me, I don't think about, I don't think of it as, like, going back into the closet or, like, you know, mm-hmm. I just am, I am aware of, like, situations. Mm-hmm. There's a time and a place for it. So I feel like I now know, like, oh, this is an, a situation that I cannot be flamboyant or loud or mm-hmm. boisterous. And I think it's easier for you, you know, no, you know, all, all props to you because I was, you know, my struggles and my worries is that, you know, I can be in a very, very, I'm not overtly effeminate, but I can be like, and there's right, nothing, sure. just to be clear, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm not wearing makeup or dresses or anything like in public. Not that there's, again, anything wrong with that, but I just want to be clear that, you know, you and I, because we've dealt with this for years, Adam is basically able to connect on like sports levels and things that make straight men uncomfortable. And it's not like I don't like sports make to assert, make them comfortable, sorry. Um, and it's not like I don't know sports or things like that, but that's just your thing. Like you're more of a guy's straight man, a you're gay a man, you know? You're, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's not something I am. So it's not really code switching for you because it's not like you're duck walking through the street or it's not like you go to bars and bend over and shake your ass. That's more of something I would do. Yeah. But so, I mean, I still do and I have, and yeah. I have the right. ability to, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you have an ability, and it's just, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. So it, I don't think I would have to necessarily say I have to go back in the closet because yeah. I just, yeah, especially living where I live in Texas, it's just like, I just know that, like, if I'm going to be that and if I'm going to live in my truth, I have to be aware that there is that danger that lurks not so far behind me. Mm-hmm. That at any moment I could be, you know, attacked or, you know, to the, the least of it, you know, just called out my name. Right. Which that happened go walking down the street the other day. Yeah. I accidentally was bird watching and he <laughs> caught me and it was just like whatever what did he say? He was like yo bitch ass faggot. <gasps> I was like what? <laughs> oh. Okay. You were bird watching. Yeah, that's not point. It was You hot. were you were rubber necking. Adam was rubber necking. But still, you don't have to call me on my name like that. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like, and and let me tell you why. Like and, uh, the upside. Oh, yeah. But uh, also, he didn't have to call you out of your name because they do that same shit to women on the daily. And here's my issue. Uh, yeah. at, my, yeah. at the end of the day, we as gay men ain't coming up to you and touching you. So if we are admiring you from afar, because listen, I've seen women walk by and men literally slap them on their ass walking through this very neighborhood. So like, I don't want to hear no like, I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's okay, but if I happen to look and be like, oh, damn, he fine. As long as I'm not like, damn, <laughs> yo, let me hit it. I'm trying to your tongue. I'm not like, like, seven, I'm not, it was like 7.45 in the morning. He's outside smoking, and I was just like... Where was he at? Just around the... And around you were the, only looking. 
around the corner? Yeah, and he yeah pro- like McDonald's. So the same man on the corner who probably done got his dick sucked by somebody in the Heights. <laughs> by, yes, and see, that's also the problem. You download men who want to use, throw the word faggot out when you had a faggot in your bed Chuck. two weeks ago. Like, Jeez. let's be clear. You don't get to do that when you coming over here to get your dicks at night over here. Wait a minute. Let's change the subject. So anyway, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I got tight. Anyway, I got tight. I got tight. I got tight. It still, it, does, it really doesn't matter where we go. I mean, I mean, it does. It does. Let me rephrase that. It does matter because there are some places where it would just be, I you know, would die. Yeah, like I just Either poof gone. The Bahamas is not. But safe, even you know, still, in New out. York, it's still it's still scary out there mm-hmm. for a pimp. You know, it it not a pimp, but Adam, you are right <laughs> because when, when Adam said like you can get people say like oh you live in New York you're safe. I've been yeah. to places in Brooklyn. I've been places in the mm-hmm. Lower East Side. I've been places in the Bronx. I've been places right outside here on this street. Yeah, where people have literally been like. Yo, faggot, what you looking at? Or yo, this, or yo, don't look at me. Or like they'll walk by, shake their head, or make a comment. So I've had it happen, but it happens so often that I just don't come to nobody and say anything. Like it's never been anything where I need to come to y'all and be like, yo, I need to tell y'all this. But I've had people do it on the train. Yeah. You know, especially yeah, on the train. On the train. And like, as, as everyone knows lately, people I've been having. Out on the train. I've had nails. <laughs> I've had nails. So like, even if I try to code switch, my nails are pink and yellow with palm trees on them. So like, it's very much, they're like, some wrong with you. If you, <laughs> you're a little funny. You, you're a little funny, even if you don't think you are, baby. Um, so, yeah, so Adam, you're going to talk about the NCAA. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody, probably not. Speaking but. of code switching, I was about to code switch and tell you about sports. Right. Go ahead, Sports Corner. <laughs> so, the NCAA Women's uh, Softball Championship, World Series Championship is going on, and it's between OU and uh, UT. And OU just like really. Just drop the ball. OU and that's all the time we have today. No, I'm playing. OU hit like, I think it was like six home runs, like two, like back to back. Like UT really just was like out of their element and yeah. just didn't know what to do. But actually, you played softball, right? Yes, I did. That could have been you, bitch. Oh, man, for a long time, I was like, I'm going to be like a pro softball player. Yeah. yeah. Like it, this shit was fun to watch. And yeah. so, like, because they throw that shit real fast under arm. Which is crazy. I went to an all girls college that didn't have a softball team. That is weird. Right? Hmm. That's. That's right. uh, it, that's a missed opportunity. It, uh, duh, they could have been, been dominant. Like we had a basketball team and a volleyball team and a swim team randomly, hmm. but no softball. So I stopped playing after high school. Bye. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because like OU really put a spanking on on UT and. It was embarrassing. Well, hopefully we get to go to, and I've said for a while, I would love to go to some type of sports game, whether it's football, basketball, softball, like something. Like, I want to go to something because there's mm-hmm. nothing like, and I think, I, I think I'm going to be disappointed when I go, especially here on the East Coast, because in Texas at the sports games, you can smell the, like, burgers, and you can smell the, the stuff that they're cooking at the concession stand, because I stay at the concession stand. We just got to tailgate. We just got to figure out how to wait to tailgate. Yeah, I would love to tailgate. I, let's I do it. I did it once in college. Me too. We and can, it yeah, really fun. We can, yeah, we can really. make that happen. So, like, you heard it here first. Pride the podcast and our gay asses will be tailgating. <laughs> and when we do, there will be photo and video proof, so you guys can see how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a really fun episode. I was able to laugh a lot, forget about the horrors of the world for just a little bit, and y'all hear the horrors of New York City. We're coming to you live from New York. It's Adam's room. Um, <laughs> 
Um, so thank you guys again for checking in. Please make sure you watch Pride Season 1 and 2 on Tubi TV and Amazon Prime. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Um, check us out. Check out past interviews on Pride the Podcast mm-hmm. because we have so many. We have a wonderful interview that happened with the, actually, episode that happened a couple of weeks ago with the girls. Um, you should check that out. And plus many of our different ones. You can check out our interviews with Scott Evans, Ross Matthews, and many more. Go to anywhere you listen to podcasts and also find me. I am Darrell Anthony on Instagram and Darrell Anthony on Twitter, I think. Yes. That's all. You think? I think. You live on Twitter. I I live on Twitter, (laughs) but like my Twitter, my Twitter is not safe for work, y'all. No. You're friends with me. That's true. <laughs> Speaking of, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at BoxWineBoppy with a zero. Uh, my Twitter is not safe for work. So, yeah. Ashley? Right. Yeah. You can find me, Ashley, at Ashley Aaron M on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and Facebook, I guess, if you want. Yeah, yeah. And we will see you guys back here. Obviously, as you know, Brayden was not here with us today. He is out on location, but he will be back soon. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Pride the Podcast. We love you. Stay safe out there. And happy Pride! Bye! Bye!